Welcome to the Mary's Mentors Podcast. My name is Mary Rose Swan. And I'm Mary Letitia Deal. And this is a podcast about business, life, human design, and whatever the fuck we want. (laughs) You know that we've been talking a lot about human design, and uh, Mary and I are going to have a nine-part series on human design centers. Um, going through all of the nine centers. So we wanted to tell you a little bit about centers. Right. We wanted to give a quick little 101 on what human design centers are. We've both been doing so much reading and research lately about human design. It's pretty fascinating when you get to sit down with a book and just read through it like you're back in back in high school with the textbook. I know nobody was really excited to read textbooks, but I'm one of the nerds that always loved the smell of a good textbook. So why do we want to talk about human design centers? Well, mainly because the centers are what determine our energy type, which Mary is a generator, I am a projector, um, but it also determines our authority, which is our inner decision-making system. So they are very important in a categorical way in making sure that we know a lot more about the similarities between the different energy types based on their definition. Yes, and what is a center? Um, It's one of the nine shapes inside your body graph. So they all kind of look like little triangles um, and each of them governs um, the areas of the body as well as different areas in your life. And um, they will either have a color in them or be white. And that's letting us know if they're open or defined. So how do centers become defined? Well, this is actually what I found out recently was super interesting. The, The definition in our chart is based on active channels between two centers. So if you have two little pieces of the puzzle that, that happen to create one thoroughfare, if you will, one through way between two, that is what will make you have active definition on the landing, the landing pads, if you will, of those two pieces of definition. So if there's not a completion between two different centers, meaning if it's kind of broken, if you will, um, you won't define that that specific center. They have to connect. And you can tell. You'll be able to tell in your chart when they connect because, again, your centers will be defined. Yeah. And if they're defined versus open, like I just said, they're going to be yellow, green, brown, or red. Um, if they're defined, if they're open, they're just a white uh, little triangle or shape there. So we wanted to really kind of at least give you a very limited background on what these mean, because obviously we don't want anyone to be kind of scratching their head throughout, confused on what we're talking about. Um, So if you have any questions about definition, how do you tell if yours is defined or not, you would go to your chart by running a a chart at mybodygraph.com, jovianarchive.com, or geneticmatrix.com. All right. So enjoy this series about the human design centers. Thank you. Good morning, Mary. How are you doing? 
Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty darn good. I'm so happy to see you this morning. Um, this has been, this has just been a good week. I feel like hopefully good for you too. Maybe challenging, but at least it's over. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very good week. I feel like I just, the weather, the weather's made me super happy this last couple of days. It starts out real gloomy, but we, even when we got rain, it wasn't a ton. It was just enough to dampen everything and give everything just a little to- Bring a little smell. Mm. And I got out for a nice long walk yesterday, and that was really, really helpful. What have you been listening to this week, Mary? Any? This week has been, I think that you and I did converse a little bit uh, via the old DMs about some episodes. I personally listened to an episode of a human design podcast that really, I, I texted you right afterwards, and I said, this just solidified that we are doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing. And it was the human design podcast with Emma Dunwoody and the episode was called the courage to live in alignment. And um, it was episode 115. I loved it. I thought it was really great about um, it was just about human design in general. And it gave such a great perspective on Things like things that we've already talked about, which I thought was great. All the things like deconditioning and what that really looks like. I just, I loved it. I I might put this one on repeat and listen to it like once a week for the rest of my life. It's in my queue for this weekend, uh, but I have not quite got to it yet. Um, I, I did some mindset mentor stuff. I think I sent you and Lori each a mindset mentor that I was really excited about. Um, you are not who you think you are. Did you get a chance to listen to that one? I didn't listen to that one, but that's just because um, I listened to "Are any of your memories real?" and "How to be the lead, how to be a leader that people want to follow." Before that, so that was the one right after those, and I I hadn't quite gotten into my mindset mentor mood again. Yeah. Um, Sometimes but- he just pops up because he's one of those. Some podcasts won't autoplay, and some will. I have a. I mean, I have a list of like 25 or 30 podcasts that I'm following and that I'm subscribed to. So some of them will pop up and once in a while, he just pops in my ear and I'll just, I'll never like skip him. I'll never skip him. Yeah. When it's Rob, he's so good. Like he's got me, Rob Dial, Rob Dial's it. Like, so the one I sent Lori was um, the big problem with personal growth. And that one was also really good. For some reason, they don't show what episode number they are yeah these don't have episode numbers i see either but i see it was on may 19th yeah but they were both really really good the other the other podcast and i think i talked to you a little bit about this as well was the um sibling revelry yeah the the science of memory and why we forget with lisa uh gianova i don't know if i'm saying her name right but uh I, if there's one thing that I care a lot about, it is losing my memory as I get old and dementia and Alzheimer's really are something that I've thought about since I was a small child. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I haven't used aluminum in my deodorants or any of my products for years because aluminum on the brain is one of the things that they've found that contribute to it. But the fact that she, I mean, the fact that she says that exercise, 30 minutes of exercise will 
reduce your chances for this 50% makes me, I mean, it is a driver to exercise more than any other driver that I've probably ever had. That's Uh, awesome. I mean, sometimes we have, being healthy in my body is very important, but gosh, can you imagine if your body's so healthy that your body doesn't give out and your mind does? Mm, like you got to keep them all in just equal disarray and confusion and badness because you want your brain to kind of rot out at about the same rate as your body. Exactly. We want those things to go at the same time. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. my goal. <laughs> No, I love that. You told me about that episode and I thought that's, that is profound when people realize it's not just, it's not just people saying, do it because you should do it. It's because people are saying we can point to concrete evidence of the benefits of doing this and to not do it then becomes, you know, you kind of, you're kind of a brat. (laughs) You're a bit of a brat if you don't. that's just kidding you're just and this has always been my thought because it's always been my worry um I don't want to leave my children with with a me to take care of that they don't know I don't want to leave them somebody that is in my body who is not the same mom that they've known for 70 years and have it be a different human being. Like, do you, can you imagine the mental anguish that that would put somebody through? I know people who've had to take care of their parents with dementia and the struggle and the mental anguish to go through and watch your parent disintegrate in that manner is, I just, it's, it's one of the worst fates I can imagine. And so I I want to do everything I can to not leave my children with that. I completely that, you know, I wish that these were conversations that we were having with our parents and that our, you know, that everyone had this, this ability to to kind of look at that from that perspective, because yeah, it is, you know, even now when I find myself forgetting something, especially, and I'm, this is bad. This is, this is real bad confession time. Sometimes I'll forget what we're talking about, not you and I specifically, but I'll forget what the conversation's about while I'm having the conversation. While I'm in the middle of a conversation, I'm like, what are we talking about? And I find myself thinking, okay, it's annoying and I'm embarrassed, but I can't even imagine getting frustrated and confused on top of it already. Like I'm already having like little things where my memory kind of just drops out for a second and then I'm, I find myself listening to what the other person's saying just to get a clue about what this conversation that we're having is about. Or making them repeat themselves. I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> so that you can, your brain can make the reconnection again. Yes, I've done the exact same thing. And I don't know, it's scary. And yes, the reason that I think so much about it is because I fear it as well. And so I just... My mom's always been super healthy as far as her body goes. I'm really worried that, that at some point, I'm glad her grandchildren love her so much. Somebody will I, take it. It'll get yeah. done. Agreed. Agreed. I talked to my mom last night and uh, I love my mom and I, I, I'm, her grandkids do love her too. My son has said multiple times, I will take care of you. I will live with you. You will be my, you will be my my responsibility and um as it should be 
as it should be. But I'm a little worried. I've been telling my kids they don't have to have kids. And now who's going to take care of me in my old age? Like, <laughs> I'm not getting built-in grandkids here. That means I've got to work extra hard to take care of myself, myself. You might just need to adopt some grandkids. <laughs> it's true. Actually, adoption is going to probably be something that uh, will give me way more grandkids than I could possibly know what to do with. So hopefully that my kids are, are big adopters. <laughs> All right, so we are talking today about the heart center. I'm very excited about this conversation. We've done a lot of research this week on the heart center. We have. Um, really excited to do research now that I have hard books. I don't know why that made it so exciting, but it really did. So uh, the heart center is the balance of both ego and willpower for the generation of bringing things forth on the material plane. Um, it's about the value of self and the consistency of energy flow. Um, so now that I read that sentence out loud, I feel like it's a little more convoluted than I expected it to be. Uh, <laughs> but willpower and ego is both contained in your heart center. And um, it really is about the balance between both. Um. We just also from the top of this, we will say that we love having centers where we each have a difference in our definition. So um, Mary is an undefined and open heart center, and I am a defined heart center. So we love this because we can give you really well-framed examples of where we see this showing up in each other and in ourselves. Um, so the, the, the secret to our willpower really is dependent upon whether or not our heart center is defined or open. Um, it's important to every single human design type, but it, it, it must be accessed and used differently, whether or not it's open or whether it's defined. So... And um, before we get too far into the open and defined, the heart center is like when, when we talk about these centers being physically connected to something, um, from the information I read, it is physically connected to the heart. And that's why when you're not living in alignment, um, things that happen are, are things like heart disease. So um, high blood pressure, those things that physically come out and manifest into a physical um, disease or defect. So only a third of the popul population is defined. So Mary's the minority. Um, so it, it's interesting that, that two thirds of the population is undefined with, with regards to the heart center. Um, when the heart stops, everything stops, which Obviously. I love that. I love that. <laughs> it's in my book. It's in my book too. I love that. It's the heart stops. Everything stops. And it's the truth. Like that's, that's the end of it all. It's our biological imperative is our heart staying going. Our brain could be dead, but our heart has to keep pumping. Yeah. Uh, definition in the heart center establishes trust and belief in our inherent value but can also inflate self-importance huh what huh? i don't get it at all just kidding <laughs> um that uh yeah that resonates with me because um it is it's kind of one of those things that you look at a lot of these things especially from childhood and you think 
self-importance is a bad thing. You think these people that are, and I don't know, you look at all those negative, when you point out all these negative aspects of, of our personalities and all of mine come from the, the parts of my chart that are like, no, you should be probably a little self-important, you little bitch. Like it's, I love <laughs> giving me some, some ownership to say, yeah, you are kind of important to yourself, but it is a awareness that self-importance is not equal to importance to everybody. <laughs> but I think that self-importance has been a really good personality trait for you. So um, I hearts, the, our word is our bond. I thought that that was really interesting because thinking again about you, I haven't looked at a whole lot of other charts to see who's defined, but um, yeah, you definitely hold up your end of a bargain. If you say that you're going to do something, you always follow through. I, me, and my statements are good uh, for the defined heart, whereas suppressing their ego or making themselves small or making others comfortable is extra damaging. That's interesting. I thought that was really interesting too, that observation. Um, and I, and I thought of this again, because we can correlate so much of this, like I can, I can point, hold this mirror up to myself and ask myself, like, what, what does this mean for you? And I think that the making yourself small again, because you've been told from a childhood when you have this defined heart that maybe you're a little too full of yourself. So you tend to then as a result, play it small because you've been told and may, I wouldn't say chastised, but you've been told in, in a negative way that you're, you're a little too full of yourself. Maybe you're a little too big for your britches. I hate that example or that expression. I, I hate that expression too. That's something, yeah, I don't like. But because, because when you're too big for your britches, I don't know, I, I could go into the whole, like pick apart that sentence. But anyways, no, that, that, that the damage that we do to ourselves by trying to play it small with a defined heart is the kind of damage that it becomes easier to do things to make our, make our heart feel better. Like the heartbreak of not feeling um, seen the way that I need to be seen. It, it does come, it becomes a damaging aspect. And then we start treating the damage. We start treating the symptoms of the damage versus the actual piece, which is that you have this piece of you and it's not to be ashamed of. I feel like there's a lot of shame, um, especially around ego. We get ashamed of our egos so much. You probably got shamed for your ego. Uh, exactly. So when I, I know that there's at least a couple of friendships where you have smallened yourself to be around certain people, um, maybe for maybe for shorter periods of time because it did feel so uncomfortable. Yeah, that's, I think that that's actually, I think back, especially to my early twenties, like the friendships fast, you know, fast friends, strong friends, but, um, but not people that, that really knew me that really knew the me because course I, I learned from a young age of being an actress how to start being around people to make myself accepted by them um and maybe that's a, an aspect of peace I'll dig into more later but that is really the observation is really interesting and the I me mind statements I try not to do that as much when I'm talking to other people about how their how what they've done has affected me or I I you know 
I take that back. I mean, mine statements are perfect for that. It's the you did this statement that you don't want to use. I say it affected me this way. Maybe that wasn't intentional, but I use I mean, mine statements a lot more because you does not come off well when you're trying to explain how how you felt. You can't say you made me feel this way. Correct. You did it. Because you don't have any idea what their intentions are, which is exactly. really hard to wrap your mind around. It is so true. Oh, defined hearts are proving themselves all the time. And as long as they are following their strategy and authority, they will naturally perform while proving themselves. And I just, wow, that's a profound statement. I feel like knowing you and knowing now that you're living in your strategy and authority, like you glow in a totally different way. And yeah, I feel like ego is not a bad thing. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's like, it's all... It's like the, the way a queen, you know, it's, it's, there's like an ego to a queen and there's an ego to, you know, just about everyone. We all have an ego and some of us just have a more defined ego than others, but I love, that's why I love hearing people brag. That's why I love like brag on yourself. Give me every brag you've got. I want to hear them. Like I love hearing people brag on themselves. It's so, I think it's so hard for certain people because like I was told, somebody defined it like this to me once when I was like, gosh, that person is so full of herself. And it was an employee I was working with and I was the trainer and she was really driving me over the edge. And somebody said to me, oh, don't you know, we're all just the stars of our own movies. Mm -hmm. Some of us think we're bigger stars than others. And I was like, wow, like, that's a really big picture way to look at it. Like, we're all just the stars of our own movies. Some of us just think we're bigger celebrities than others. And And, and it helped me put her into a kind of a little box where I could go, oh, okay, it's okay, because she's super confident. She's really, really good at what she does. And that confidence is probably what's bugging me. But at the same time, if I can use that energy and have her do it the right way, she's going to do great. Mm-hmm. So it really helps me. And, and looking at my own life, because I'm not a defined uh, heart center, I have been, uh, I really want to blend in. I've never wanted to stand out. I've mm-hmm. always wanted to blend in with all the So um, I've always tried to, again, with the acting, just try to mimic what other people are doing to blend in and not stand out. Um, Even in my own movie, most of the time, like, um, I I feel like I'm a really good director, but I don't necessarily need to be doing the acting. Yeah, I think that's a great, great observation, because you are a great director. I really feel like um, I read a great post yesterday about um, like friendships within the human design energy types and that, that a generator really does feel like in many ways, like a hug, like a human hug. Um, I thought that was great because I was really, and and I'm here to make people really feel seen and to, and, and when I give recognition to people because I know how important it is to feel recognized, like it should feel like, um, you know, like manna from heaven. But um, yeah, the the proving ourselves all the time and this this inherent need to constantly be 
right. There's there's a little bit of that. That that might be my ego coming out too. Is I need to be right. Uh, <laughs> it could be your will. I don't know. <laughs> it could be my will. It could be. But um, and then I want you to make this last this last point that you have about defined hearts because I think so that that are often seen as too aggressive or forceful and can push undefined centers beyond their capacity. When met with resistance, a defined heart should create space and regain their inner balance. So yeah. that's really interesting part. And when you're a projector <laughs> with a with a with a defined heart and you're being too aggressive, it's almost as though people are shrinking back from you. Like you can see, like I guess, and because I'm so observant of other people in response to what I'm giving them, like it's almost like you can kind of see people like like they they kind of tend to do that inhale through their teeth, and it's just. Um, I feel like me drunk was me being way too aggressive and forceful. I think back to some of my drunk antics and I really do think that this, that my desire to be accepted, I had to kind of turn off and condition that, that defined heart a little bit. And the easiest way I found that I could turn all of my definition off at once was to get wasted. Um, and it, it, because it equalizes it. And I think that that also is an interesting equalizer. We talked about equalizing yesterday, I think. Um, but everyone kind of is on the same dipshit wavelength. I hate to say that, but I'm just going to say it. I'm not editing myself. A dipshit wavelength when everyone is collectively on that same level. And so, um, but it is funny to see egos come out with alcohol where ego can actually poke poke the bear, so to speak, and bring out big egos that sometimes may not even be part of someone's normal makeup. Like it can, it can escalate and cause almost like a chemical reaction that causes explosions within us um, to some degree. I don't know, just that, that's my observation. Well, I mean, we'll get to it here. We'll get to it. We'll but get to it. <laughs> With the undefined heart centers, they're pulling off of those defined heart centers and pulling that ego and using that energy. And so, amplifying it. They're amp and that's what I love about the open centers. Alcohol then shines an additional spotlight into that when you're feeling that. So yeah. So now we've talked a lot about the definition of a heart and we know now that what Mary said was that there's one third of the population has a defined heart. So two thirds of the population does not. So that is where Mary falls in that spectrum is that she's amongst the two thirds of the population with an open heart. And so open hearts find themselves feeling envious of other people's abilities to exercise their will they want to exercise willpower too, but because that they, they lack the definition, they also lack the consistent energy to do so. So how does that show up, I think, for you? Well, it, I mean, how you, I, I have always, always had a problem with willpower. And I guess, I mean, from the time I was very small, I am a generator and I can do lots of things. Um, 
but I can't do lots of things really consistently. So I go through spurts. I call them cycles. Since I was small, I've called them cycles because that's the way it feels. I'll start something like um, an exercise regimen and I'll go real hard for about three months and then nothing. And it's, I just don't have the, the energy, the willpower, the, and, and, and I'm not sure what keeps me writing for that time frame. but then maybe a month, month and a half, two months later, I can get started again, but it will be on a different, I can't do the same thing. It has to be something different. There's just so mm -hmm. many, so many variables to why I cannot keep consistent. And now that I'm stepping a step back and kind of looking at all the levels of my life, even in business, I can do the same thing for a while and then I have to change it up. Something has to change. So I'm not sure um, what, again, energy is keeping me on those levels for the time frames, but I do go in cycles where mm. I can do something really well for a while and then I drop off of it completely. Do you feel that you, like we've talked a lot about intention and everything like that. Do you find that it's that at the beginning of those cycles that you reestablish what the intention is, but you lose it by the end of the cycle? Yeah, probably. Okay. Just, it's super interesting. I love that we're actually like talking about this in a way that even though this is, we're recording to publish it it's like oh you know these are things that I'll like maybe jot down a little notes and say like ooh, you know and I think it's the thing is is that we fight against it we fight it because and I, I'm going to read the next my next point open hearts are often overachievers that overcompensate for their repeated failure to follow through and I think that if we stop thinking about that, and, and, and you probably already have, this is where you have a, an edge over some people that are still in the cycle of doing really well, stopping, taking a break, and then starting something again, doing really well. It's like, if we start looking at that as, it's not failure at the end, you've complete, it's a completion of the cycle. If we think of it as every season has to start and finish for the next one to start. Like every single one of those periods that you've done that becomes like a brick in and of itself. It's like you, you place that into the wall, you start working on the next one. So I think almost like if you change the imagery around each of those cycles, it becomes, you know, you, it makes a lot of sense to me that that is how most people are, because really I feel like in some ways I'm kind of, I have that ability to follow through. I have a completionist in me. That's what I call it, a completion. I want to complete things. Um, so one second. I'm just noting it. Yes, we are. <laughs> I was just hopping on because um, I am on the road. Oh, where are you going? Okay, that's okay, baby. Dropping this kid off. Oh, for summer vacation with with grandma, grandpa. Yeah. yeah, love it. All right. Well, it was so good to see you. We're just talking. We're just talking about human design. So, and I'm, I'll show Mary. We can we can take this out, but we might even leave it in because we love you. Bye. We love you. Have a good day. <laughs> Bye. 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 I'll see you guys Monday. Yes, Monday. Bye. Bye.
I love it. Okay. Um, so yes, instead of thinking of it negatively that that happens, it's starting to own it and work with it. I love that human design is less about don't stop doing what you're doing. Be, pay attention to it. Be aware of it. Figure out, is it really working? Is it in alignment with your strategy and your authority? If so, like, that's what I think is so interesting. You're responding. You're here to respond. And once your response is over, to try to keep doing that thing is absolutely against your strategy and authority. That's what it's so funny is like, we think that quitting things is like bad, but it's like, no, what if you got what you needed from it? And then you need to start doing the next thing. Um, some people aren't going to be completionists. Some people might only make it through one week of a workout and start doing a different workout completely. That doesn't mean it's wrong. Quit trying to make everybody fit the same box, Mary Rose. Oh, wait, was I just talking to myself? I feel like I blacked out. Okay. So open hearts borrow willpower from defined heart centers, or they are tricked into believing that they can keep commitments. When they are no longer in the auric field of the defined heart, the willpower dissipates completely. Um, yeah, how frustrating. Let me just tell you, hearing this, oh God, it makes my skin crawl. The idea that I could walk away from somebody and that everything I wanted to do with them is suddenly now all a thing of the past. It's like, it's like I never had that conversation. It walks away with you, Mary. Yeah. And it's like, you never had the conversation at all. That is almost what it, it makes me think is like, <sighs> so I have something to say about this because this is when you talk about people like recoiling from how like willpower consistent you are and you know, what you put out there on social media, um, I have to say that once they experience your community, how many people continue to dip out? Well, I think that a lot of people like to linger and lurk and there are a lot of lurkers, but there's but still actual gym. So once somebody gets into the gym and works out once or twice. Oh, really? They... There's only been a couple people that haven't been able to stay long but otherwise everybody that comes like we are up to roughly about seven or eight people on in the morning some mornings um because yes once someone does start joining then they do want to keep coming it is it is true you pointed this out to me and it kind of like was like whoa yeah uh, once we get them into the gym you are providing willpower for them. You are providing stable energy willpower for them to come back consistently. And the fact that they know that you're here, I mean, Perla was just, just, I mean, she just popped on to tell you she can't work out today and why. Because she knows you're going to be here. She knows you expect her here. And whether or not she has the willpower to it she's gonna check in and say i can't today and here's why and that's the thing you provide you provide what what we can't as open heart centers for us in this little private gym and i think that that's so special and it's such a way for you to 
to project that willpower for people to be able to give them something once they're in like you get the you get the little hook in them once they're yeah, in it's true it's about it's about the hook and it, the, the hook is the heart is like the hook is where i feel like the open the defined heart is too much for people who don't have it because in some ways they envy and that's where i love that they say you know they're tricked into believing um and it's almost as though I have to, and I'm like loving this, that I almost have to explain to people, listen, I know more about you than you know about yourself. And I'm going to tell you that, no, you're not going to keep doing this on your own. We, we both know that. We both know it. Like I could, I could lie and tell you you're going to have all this willpower. But really what you're going to have is you're going to have a willpower troll doll. And my little crazy bun is going to be like that crazy spiky hair on a troll doll. I'm going to come let you rub my belly and you have access to my willpower, my little ego center. Um, and I'm going to stroke your ego and I'm going to encourage you to, to brag on yourself and, and have that. But you're right. It is the, it's the, once I can get past recoiling, I can hook people. It's, yes. the, it's the recoiling. It's really the problem. <laughs> We're cracking up. And this is a lot of it. And this is where I find my disconnect is really the hardest. So I'll read, I'll read this. Open hearts don't consider themselves worthy. And the more they attempt to prove their worth, the more they will be frustrated with their failure to produce the proof. Oh, talk to me about this. Cause this one kind of breaks my heart a little bit. Yeah, I feel like this, once I read this sentence, I, like, it makes the last, what, six, eight months, whatever we've been doing the human design studying. And I mean, I've been doing a little at a time, but this is probably one of the most profound pieces for me, because especially in my business life, um, Yellow Cab is hard. It's hard. It's not... I feel frustrated so much of the time. And this is why, because I've been trying to prove my worth. And you said something to me months ago when I had you come in and observe and kind of try and figure out why I was getting so frustrated at things. And um, you said something about, you bring the money in, Josh has to, push the money out. Like the energy has to be flowing in a way. And it might've been opposite of that, but, but yeah, what I, yeah. me was really about how, how my energy and presence gets produced within the business. And it's not by proving myself. It's by getting the things done that need to get done that prove themselves at the end of the month, the day, the week, the year. And I was really butting my head up against walls. I was so frustrated and so upset. And, and I think frustration is the, is the mm. key theme to say. Um, but to be able to take steps back and go, okay, <laughs> I don't have to prove shit. <laughs> my, my proof is in the pudding. My proof is, is in the work that's done even though I'm not being recognized for doing it, I'm not being recognized while it's getting done. Nobody fucking sees the hours and hours and hours and hours that I put into it. None of that matters 
because at the end of the month or at the end of the day, when that shit's done, money is flowing in consistently, consistently, consistently. And that's where I've got to see the more I attempt to prove my worth, the less I was getting done, the less it was producing for my business. Like it was like, it was like sandpaper. Like I was trying to like, you know, brush my face up against sandpaper versus taking a step back and going, you can't prove yourself this way. Yeah. And it's like into who, to mm-hmm. who? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other, the other thing, I think the condition piece, <laughs> Is like, because, because I don't know how many times that, that Josh had to say, like, I know how much work you do. Like, I know, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it, it still wasn't producing the way that I needed it to produce. So to be able to step back and go, mm, no, it's not about proving myself. It's really about getting the, the bricks in, even though they're in cycles, even though it's not consistent, once I'm stacking those bricks, the energy is right. That money is flowing in the way that it's supposed to. And I'm seeing results. And so is everyone else. Yep. It's, I think you're, you're a brick layer who wants the recognition of being the architect. And that's, that's, (laughs) oh my God, can we put that on a fucking pillow? Like stitch that on a pillow. The bricklayers who want the recognition of being the architect, like you, you are, you're building it. You've designed, you know, you know what, what you're building towards, but it is a little different to be the boots on the ground grunt who has to do the work every single day. But you know that you have, that you deserve the accolades of the architect. Like we, we look at a bricklayer differently than we do an architect, whether it comes from, you could be a bricklayer for 50 years. You could be the best bricklayer in the world, straightest bricks, most consistent. um, What is it? It's not grout. Is it mortar? Is that what you put between bricks? Most consistent mortar. You could do this job for 50 years. You could be the best at it, but you'll still never be an architect. And that's the, what you, I think, feel like business owners are somehow architects in a way that they're really still just bricklayers. Everyone's just a bricklayer. It's true. Some people just put on architect clothes when they go to work, but they're not really an architect. Um, all right. So that, I love that we, that that's really the one that resonates. I like this one too. So open hearts can sense the vibration of other egos and learn who lacks self healthy self-esteem and who has it in surplus, which you already mentioned, you, you can kind of tell. They can recognize who can keep their promises and who cannot. Um, but let's be really clear. Not all the time is that a mirror that we hold up against to ourselves. The, the who can keep their promises. I think that would be an interesting um, avenue to go down is does an open heart center believe they can keep their own promises? Again, with the willpower thing sometimes, and it depends on who we're around. And it depends on the promise. I feel like when you make a promise and I've seen you make promises to people, you, I like, let's talk about homegirl and her ability to like put herself out to help people in her life. Let me be clear. Like there have been times I've watched Mary just make, what I would call outrageously generous decisions and choices to help people that I would be like, Oh, I would never do that. 
I would never do that for somebody. And sometimes they benefit me. So I'm not judging her for any of that because if I'm one of those outrageous people who asks for uh, a, her generosity, <laughs> I want her to, to give it, I want her to give it freely and liberally. It's not wrong. <laughs> it's just, um, it's, it is interesting because, uh, I've seen you keep promises and you are just as consistent. I feel like in that as I am, but I think it's also the care that we take and who we will make our promises to and that we don't, we maybe recognize a little bit more in ourselves. If what we have to ask ourselves before we agree to something, we both have emotional authority. Therefore, when someone asks us for something, it's an invitation it is an invitation, whether it's Mary doesn't maybe need it, but she still receives them. For me, I have to decide if that's right. She might maybe gets that, that uh, an initial gut feeling that's like, yes or no, do this, don't do this. I don't quite get the same gut reaction. I might really think like, I might squeal and say, Ooh, I'm really excited. But then that excitement can dissipate quick. Let me tell you, I can be excited for one thing and then be like, Oh, I don't find them to do that. Um, <laughs> it, it can happen very quickly for me. Um, but it is always in checking in with ourselves and saying like, if someone's asking me to do something, if someone's asking for a promise before I will agree, I do have to go through a lot of checks before I say, but I mean, with Mary, maybe less checks. Maybe if Mary needs something, if a person asks me and we have already established that we, there is recognition, there is, um, we, we, I don't know if most people know each other's energy as well as Mary and I do. And I feel it's, it's so reciprocal in that if she needs something, I want her to ask me if I need something. I think she wants me to ask her maybe not for everything, but that we, we both kind of like, like filling that space for each other. And if there are people that you're filling that space for that you don't like filling it for, then it's going to feel wrong and saying yes repeatedly because you feel like you op you're obligated to someone is where you are going to create, create the resistance, create the sandpaper. Oh yeah. Create that resistance and drain that energy. Oh, so draining. Yeah. So heart centers, I mean, this, we love it. It's such a, a little, little guy in the old chart, just a little guy, just only like four gates on him. But, um, I don't know why I'm gender gendering him as a him, but I just am, it's not right or wrong. But, you know, the little heart center has been, I think, one of our favorite. We've researched this before, before we were doing a podcast and um, have found a lot of really interesting things. My husband also is a defined heart. Really? Yes. My children are not. Both of them do not have defined hearts. But that's where when your parents, that's why when he can get into a routine, he likes to stay into it. He has the willpower to stick with it. And I almost feel like he now is developing willpower, kind of leaning towards not doing things. That's been a, a, a change, but nevertheless. So we are both undefined in this household. And I love that this has been such a great way of being able to say, like, we know within this, how do we how do we acknowledge that and work with it? We find people with definition. We hitch our ponies to their wagons in whatever way we can. We come to, we, we come to the table with saying we want to be more accountable. We find somebody who can mesh with us 
um, in terms of our accountability. I feel like letting people know that they're not required to stay committed to something is about the best thing I can do is telling people, you know, your commitment is going to fall off and falter. It, It did for me for a long time before I ever knew about human design. I struggled with staying committed to things all the time, but it's interesting to see that my life has been moving itself, shifting itself, like clicking into place in different ways. Everything that I needed before I started looking at human design to be able to then say, wow, I am already, I'm already doing some of that. That's, that's really cool. I feel everybody's going to find something that they're already doing that aligns and something that they're doing that maybe doesn't align. And that's the beauty of human design is that you're never, you're never doing everything wrong. And we're really never, ever doing everything right. (laughs) We'll never not have conditioning y'all. That's just the facts of life. So yeah, for sure. And I feel like just relating it back to, to business, like it's really hard to keep that willpower to do something consistently. But again, if you can take a step back and see the outcome, the big picture and how things are contributing and how to try and lay those bricks, it really does help. Laying the bricks. Exactly. I feel like that's such, I feel like we, we always get something great out of each episode and laying the bricks that I think really is going to be a good one for us. It's just to think of it as little, little bricks. All right. Well, we'll sign off. We hope you all have a wonderful day and we'll be coming up with I believe our next in our loop um, is going to be the solar plexus, which is, again, every, I will say every time we're going to be excited about them, but we're going to be excited about this one. Um, in the meantime, find us. We are on Instagram at Mary's Mentors. We are on Facebook also at Mary's Mentors. We have a website, marysmentors.com. And our email address, I don't know if you can believe this, is marysmentors at gmail.com. All right. And thanks for staying around this long uh, rate review and subscribe. We'd love some more reviews. We'd love reviews. Yes. Thank you so much. All right. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye.